Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Gibson Brands. Well, well, well. All right, Jared Brandon, Gibson Brands. Welcome right. to the show for the first time, Jared wow. Brandon from Gibson Brands. Who That's else right. do we have here? Rob Chafe, Matt Calamification. Right on. And you got me, Tom Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show Woo-hoo! as per usual. Oh, man, we got a good one tonight. Oh, uh, we got a full house, too. Five. 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 People. Yes, it's fantastic. Who is the fifth person? Who are you? Oh, is that me? That's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Charles Henry here, Silk Tone Amplifiers. Right on, Charles Henry. Uh, <laughs> Silk Tone Amplifiers, a relatively new brand on the market. So we're we're going to talk to him about this uh, cool new amp that he has got cooking, and uh, find out all about uh, where and why and how and uh, what's ahead and all that kind of good stuff. Um. We've got, uh, uh, for those who might be listening for the first time, we get new listeners, uh, hopefully all of the time. Yeah. Um, we hear <laughs> from told. many of them. Uh, so, uh, Tony, what yes. do we do on the show? Well, Todd, we like to talk about gear. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we like to talk about boutique gear, and that's things like guitars and amps and pedals and accessories and all the good stuff. Right. That's we right. like to talk to the makers and the movers and the shakers. And uh, exactly, I think uh, you know, people like to hear the backstories and see, right. and see what's coming up in the future. Truly, yes. truly. Yep. Um, so if that uh, works for you, continue listening. <laughs> we <would> appreciate it. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, we've got a couple of announcements real quick. We need to thank Road. Road. Road Mics for providing the Roadcaster Pro, this delicious little device capturing mm. our sultry sound and, and our thoughts over the waves. It's capturing our thoughts. It, it might be. And uh, we also have got the Procaster Mics mm. and their uh, fabulous articulating arms. The what do we call them? The Procaster mics. No, they're the roadticulating arms. No, that's that's you made that up. I know I did, <laughs> yes. and I'm giving that to it's, them f- gratis. It's not trad- trademarked yet. It's not trademarked. <laughs> trademarked. It's not blues, Bruce. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, we need to thank them. I also wanted to pull up. You know, I talk all the time about when we get great um, feedback and mail and stuff. And how about when we don't? We do. <laughs> That's the stuff I want to read. Yeah, That's I know everybody better. wants to Just hear dirty stuff. <laughs> well, I wanted to share this. This is from one of our new grand poobahs, Sam Jet. Ooh, yeah, that's a rock and roll name, man. That is, it really is. Uh, he said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, so we, sorry. When we get new people that are supporting the show, I ask them a series of questions." He said, "Hey, thanks for reaching out to me. I'm pretty much a total noob to the guitar world." As far as my main gear of choice, let's see. I have one homemade pedal, thanks to Aeon Effects, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, we know those guys. And um, guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, which is a Big Muff Pie clone. He says I've got an Ibanez ARX three twenty. I bought thirteen years ago. Took a long, long hiatus, and I'm just getting back into playing. I also have a Roland Cube twenty X for an amp. So you can see, I don't have much in the way of a selection when it comes to gear. Dot, 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 yet. Yet. <laughs> yes. Keep he listening. Says, a Delisle vintage studio amp is being built for me as we speak, though. 
which is super cool. We had Delisle on. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was a great interview. I suggest going back and checking that one out, Delisle. And uh, he says, so I cannot tell you how excited I am about that. I heard about Jer on your podcast and said, I got to get on that. Right on. We love to hear that when people are, are following up and and purchasing things from yeah. the people that we have on the show. Support the people that we talk to and let them know that you heard about them on the Guitar Knobs. That's, I've, I don't know if I've ever... Ask anybody to do that. Thank well, you. I did. That was dumb on my part. I, I'm, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your right mackerel. hand brain today. <laughs> Could have been getting cuts for five years. Exactly. Jeez. You got some retroactive. Yeah. You know, yeah. Many Christmas. He said, "I must admit, the favorite part of your sh- of your show is uh, how well you and the other knobs get along. That means a lot to us because we feel like it. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm one of the guys when I'm listening." It's really refreshing hearing people talk about something they're so passionate about. And I've been listening for about four months, and now I mainly listen during my commutes. I honestly look forward to it every day. At first, I listened to a few, heard you guys, and I was hooked. To answer your question about committing to supporting you, which is something that I ask the people, I'm like, hey, why did you choose to do this? I want to invest in a community that is passionate about making music exploring tone, and just being decent people to one another. I have been floored at how open, honest, and caring the people are in the guitar world, especially the pedal-building community. I want to be part of that and contribute! Exclamation point. So thank you, Todd and team. Your podcast is awesome. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for opening my guitar world up. I mean... That's, that's, that's beautiful. Awesome. That's... I read that to my, to my wife. I was like, yeah, I want you to hear this because she sees how much time we put into this yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's a great feeling to hear that. But there's a thing that he mentioned in there, which is I feel like I'm one of the guys when I'm listening and I love hearing type people. When we started this show way back, like th- he just nailed two things that were, uh, that I just wanted to have. I'm like, I want to be, I want to feel. I want to make a show for myself. If I want to hear a show, this is what I, I want it to you know, sound like. I want to feel like I'm sitting there with the rest of the guys talking about stuff yeah. that I love. And so I really, truly appreciate hearing that feedback. And I know that especially Tony and Jared do as well. Not so much, not so much, Rob. Rob. Not, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> kind of meaningless to me. So, you know. Or um, <laughs> you'll get there, buddy. <laughs> All right, um, and that's something I, I should mention right now. You know, uh, we we have Rob on tonight. We had Rob on last week, and we've had. What him does on that mean? Sh- we've had him on the show several times. A rub on, a rub off. Well, we hope not to rub <laughs> him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, oh, we, yeah, yeah leave that. Yeah, rub them off. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Um, no, legitimately. That's my compensation, uh, 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 huh? When we started our fifth year, I, I talked to the guys and I said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to think about how to expand the show a little bit and just, you know, keeping it fresh and keeping us um, well-versed in things and maybe things that we don't know as much about. And immediately everybody said, Rob. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, Rob is the guy I call. I mean, Rob's I know, I know, I, I know a little bit about amps. You but know a lot about you amps, know Tony. Well, I, I know enough to get into trouble. I know enough Tony not to touch the parts. Crap ton about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Well, and exactly. it, to, to be fair, it's not about that you know about like oh, I know all of the the electronics and parts of the amp as much as I know 
I, I know what amps do. I know why you want, like, uh, the, the, what did you say, the front end of the amp yeah. more so than the back end. And, and he knows, I mean, yeah, as far as sounds and, and the history of all the different brands. That's and crazy. Yeah, stuff this is that like Rain Man. I would not, you know, no clue. I'm an excellent driver. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, you know, we, Rob's our, a good friend of ours, and we, we want to have him on because he's the main reason we had him on the first time was like, this is a guy who really knows his stuff and he's yeah. honest about it and he shares that out mm. and he wants to help people out. And he's, and the, he's, best, totally he's ultra- the best repair guy here in central Ohio. I mean, pretty much. Yes. Or, that I, I won't argue with. I'm yeah. Go along with that. <laughs> I have a question. Rob, how long have you been doing the repairs? Um, professionally, like getting paid for it. I was 20. So do the age 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's been wow. a minute. So anyways, um, Rob, you were the obvious choice to, to well, thank you, try Tom. to bring on in a more, you know, now I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to be here every single time. It's up to him. He's got a schedule this to is keep. A, this is a trial period. He's a They're businessman. He's 30, on probation. 30 day probation. <laughs> yeah. <period. laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna get a pink slip so next if, week. If our if our ratings <laughs> drop radically, guess who's <laughs> magically disappears? No shit. red velvet blazer for you. Yeah. <laughs> there is an eject button underneath that chair, by the way. I have no doubt. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're really happy to have Rob uh, tonight, and Thank you, and guys. every time that he's on. Yes. All right. Oh, and if anybody's wanting to check this out, uh, they can go to, where can they go check you out, Rob? Instagram is the most active of all the social media. Okay. Uh, Mad Cow Amplification. All right. Mad Cow Amplification. And Charles, where can people go to check out what you're doing? Same thing. Instagram is the most active. Um, we have an Instagram and a Facebook, but they're both uh, at Silk Tone Amps. All right. Silk Tone Amps. Go check that out while we're doing... Uh, well, we're doing the show as long as you're not driving or if you're lucky enough to have a driver, I mean, share it with them too. Maybe they have a <laughs> Tesla. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So we are going to get into what's going on in our music world this week. Woo-hoo! And um, Tony, why don't you kick it off and show us how to do it? And then we're going to hop over to Charles. Okay. That's Sounds right. good. Well, uh, oh, look out for that. Uh, this week, actually, the, in the last couple of days, um, there is a uh, video circulating on YouTube right now from uh, Baxter at Casino Guitars. Mm. And he's helping out a friend of his, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Z, who had his entire collection of guitars and amplifiers stolen out of a storage unit. Yeah, in I, saw I saw that interview today, actually. Yeah, and it's, I mean... For anybody that, that loves guitars, I mean, this guy had you know, so upwards of 180 guitars, and then these are mostly vintage guitars, custom color Fender, Jaguars, wow. Jazz Masters, 40 or 50 amps, some of his own personal records and things like that that were, you know, literally... Uh, one of his guitars showed up at, uh, at Olivia's uh, guitars, and his contact information was inside the case and they knew that this guy was a buyer, not a seller. So they called him and he said, uh, we've got this guitar here of yours. Um, and we know that you don't normally sell. And he says, well, I didn't sell that. And uh, they said, you'd probably ought to check and see. And sure enough, uh, Somebody had replaced his lock on a storage unit with another lock. Had they cut it open, and it was completely empty. 
Wow. Wow. So, um, I mean, fortunately, I think he said that 17 of these have been tracked down and recovered, but that's still, I mean, that's a fraction of what's out there. And some of the these are very special to him that's, as well. That's absolutely tragic. Secondly, uh, because he wasn't touring anymore, he did not put an insurance policy on them. Oh, my gosh. So he is basically SOL. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. I was just about to say, well, clearly uh, he's got uh, yeah. imagine, imagine having, you know, and I did the math on this because of the vintage and everything. I was like, this is at least half a million dollars. Oh, easily. Year. Easily. I figured yeah. about fifteen uh, or 20000 on average per guitar. Well, yeah, Always and, and have insurance. Were, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about an average like four or five grand yeah but, but yeah and that's why i was like storage yeah no insurance. well yeah and that's so that got me to thinking and uh i i, I so think you got an insurance policy well i i'm looking into that but i, I right I now did um Two i'm for my crappy guitars <laughs> well i mean it's so there's a couple of things i discovered um so the first thing i i would let every tell everyone is a storage, like a used store kind of place, is probably not the best place to store a guitar collection or an amp collection. Yeah, the, the temperature. Well, it's temperature. It's humidity. It's and and you know, a, a bolt cutter <laughs> yeah. takes yeah. care of just about <laughs> any lock. Let me put it this way, Todd. Would you put half a million in cash? Yeah, in a self store. <laughs> That's that's the equivalent of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's remarkable. So uh, that prompted me to contact my insurance company for homeowner's insurance. Now, some of my stuff is covered under my, my business insurance plan. Um, but I contacted our agent, and sure enough, there is a limit uh, as mm-hmm. to what a homeowner's policy will cover. And, uh, you you know, if you have a pretty extensive collection, you might want to Call your insurance agent. It doesn't have to be vintage guitars either. If you got no. a whole bunch of pedals, that adds up quick. No, I mean if you've got fifty or um, you know sixty thousand dollars worth of stuff, you don't even need that. Twenty thousand dollars. You worth don't of even stuff. need that. But basically, <laughs> you need to provide. How much do you need, Todd? What's the exact figure? <laughs> you, 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 as if it's worth money to you, insure yeah. it. That's it. If you can't replace it, that's what insurance is for. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm getting renter's insurance pretty soon. I found yeah. a house to live in down here. Oh, good so. for you. So yeah. back to Tony. So back to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so what, yeah, make I sure. I talk too much. I know. I talk way too much on this podcast. Make sure that your insurance policy, your homeowner's or renter's insurance policy, covers a collection like guitars or any other things, coins or guns or anything else you might be collecting because normally there's a limit unless you specifically provide mm-hmm. a rider for those items, uh, which is what I'm doing right and now. It, you, may, you may have notes on here too. I, I went down this road about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I found all kinds of loopholes. Oh, yes. Do you have all the loopholes listed there? You well, know? I didn't loose, list all the loopholes, but there are. And from what the, in general I was told is you can um, provide a list of what you have with serial numbers and or photographs and what you paid for them and that's what it will your your policy will cover. Yeah. Now, if you have a lot of vintage stuff, it's generally or it should be worth more than what you paid. So that's a whole other That's a that's not a homeowner's thing. That's you that's you're getting like uh, Christie's or something. something well, like yeah, that. there there I are mean, several companies. I think there's a company called Heritage. There's a, there's a couple that, of other places. That's the keeper. And, Heritage. Yeah. And and they will provide. Now, granted you have to have your collection appraised. Mm-hmm. By an expert, 
Not like, for heritage. Like not me? for heritage? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, there you go. I, I have heritage. I've had, I had coverage with them for like, I don't know, eight, eight years now. Yeah. So. Well, good for you. Yeah. Th- there's there's other pitfalls though. Like some homeowners policy uh, won't cover it if you use any of the equipment for profit. Ah. Um, it also, some of them, some will cover it if it's outside the home. Some won't. Right. Um, some of the some of the musician uh, gear insurance, I, I remember what company it was, but one of them, one of their, um, uh, not disclosure, but one of the, the, the things that disallows the policy was if the gear is stolen from a trailer. Mm. And I had to send them an email to clarify this. I said, so a working musician has their gear in a trailer, which all full-time working musicians do every week. If it's stolen from the trailer, it's not covered. They're like, yes. I'm like... What is the point of your coverage then? <laughs> That's most likely where it's going to come up missing if you're a working musician. Right. And there's like, nope, won't get, it won't be covered if it's uh, from a trailer. If it's taken from your personal car, they would cover it. All these, you got to read the fine yeah. print. Yeah. Yeah. So read the fine print. So, I mean, if nothing else, if you have a, a nice collection of guitars, make sure you at least have a list, maybe with some photographs, yeah. serial number, description, year. What it is, any unique identifying marks, things like that. Um, I know a lot of people will, you know, put their name and information underneath a pick guard or in the neck pocket, things like Ooh, that. Ooh, that's clever. And yep. that will help identify. If, if something does get stolen, it certainly helps make the makes the process of recovering. If you own it. this guitar, it's stolen. If, if this is if if you're holding this guitar <laughs> right now, it is stolen. <laughs> so that that's I mean it just it that the, the story the video really Man. you know hit me hard mm-hmm. you know because I you know I I don't have quite that kind of a collection but I do have a decent collection and you know should something happen even if the but you that's know, not at your you don't have that at your house or your business do you? Uh, well, it depends who's asking. That's often a. <laughs> In one of your other homes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, my, my secret lair. <laughs> yeah. Tony's gear, gear it's in a, lair. It's in a storage yeah. unit at the bottom of Lake Erie. <laughs> <laughs> the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the show, everybody. All right. Have a good day. Uh, <laughs> Have a great guitar week. Charles. I got to rush out and make a phone call to call my insurance company real fast. Can you guys wait like an hour? <laughs> uh so my week uh has been weird i i i drove down to san diego to drop off an amp to one of my new dealers and uh after that spent the day on the beach and i've never been to san diego so that was pretty cool it's beautiful and you're out in california right yeah yeah we're i grew up in the in the bay area near oakland and um i recently moved to the sacramento area but yeah, this week we traveled down here, and it's weird for a few reasons. One, why have I never been to San Diego? It, I got down there and was like, oh, my God, this is way different than the beaches up north. Yeah. And uh, two, I, I haven't gone anywhere in like a year and a half. So that was uh, it was yeah. cool to get out and be around people for the first time in a long time. I'm vaccinated now, so I feel invincible. And right. <laughs> going, right. there, was, there were so many people around, and it was just like, oh, man, I, I'm, I feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Did so you go across cool. the bridge and go to Coronado Island and all that business? No, we didn't do that. We only had a day there, so we just kind of chilled on on Pacific Beach. We got a hotel like right on the beach, so that was cool. Ah, that's right. And uh, yeah, it was really nice. And then we went into uh, got you know some really good tacos and stuff while we were down there. We lucked out and 
found one of the best taco shops around apparently so that's good yeah and i'm super sunburnt so that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah all right well that's cool uh so you got but, uh, your dealers happy anyways right right so yeah as far as the music part of it goes it was really cool to go down and see uh, the new dealers shop uh it's always nice i don't often get to you know personally drop off amps to dealers so just getting to see them play it and kind of demo the amp in front of them and seeing their reaction that's always that's always fun and they had a really cool like uh they had their showroom in the front the dealer was co-sonic in carlsbad um and in the back room they had this awesome like photo studio and like sound booth set up and so it was really cool to get to hear the amp in that environment and see how their whole process works awesome that sounds yeah. pretty cool that's oh. a good idea actually like to have a uh a, a bit of a photo studio in a guitar shop mm-hmm. because yeah. most guitar shops are pretty so, active on social. Yeah. So much stuff's online now. So yeah. Yeah. Actually most of them are, they have like special departments now. It's, it's, in, it's just I crazy. Know. Yeah. Speaking of special departments, um, Jared, what's going on? Um, I don't know what to choose to share about cause there's a lot. Well, pick uh, one. We got lots of shows to pick, come. Pick the worst one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, definitely not the worst one. But um, so, if everyone remembers, we talked about our good buddy James Pegler. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, so and as, as a refresher, he's a he's one of the main winder, uh, not winders. He's one of the main wiring experts, right? Uh, down down at Gibson. He is a wiring. Uh, fanatic man. So yeah. I met him on Tuesday. How cool! Yeah, because I part of my job was to, uh, well, not part of my job, but my job is going to be down there into that facility where he's at quite often, along with being at headquarters and talking about pickups and all that kind of thing. But I went and introduced myself during a team meeting there, and there he was. And after that team meeting, uh, and he came up to me and <laughs> shook my hand, and we he just talked and talked, and we talked for a while. And uh, we had a really good time, and he showed me his area, and he showed me all the wiring and and uh, what he does there and all that kind of thing. That brings me to the pickup shop. It is big. Um, several people there. They have great morale. It is a fantastic place to work. Um, they have... All they have several of the same old machine that does several um, pickups at a time. It's awesome. It's it's I w- I'm in heaven when I'm there. I'm, That's awesome, man. Well, and you're I, a lifelong like, yeah. Gibson guy, so this is like this I, I is am. I am. So uh, I I didn't really have anything until uh, later tomorrow morning. So I I said to my boss, "Could I please go to the pickup shop and spend time more time there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, go ahead." So. So yeah, I get to go there again and nerd out, and um, you know, get deeper into the process there. So uh, yeah, so that's my job now. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that all the time, but I'm sorry, man. When you yeah, you do what you love for a living, that that is awesome. Other than that, I brought I brought two guitars down here to Nashville with me. I brought my 2005 Gibson Les Paul Custom USA model. It is probably one of my favorite les pauls i ever bought and um it's just it's not an r9 custom shop yada yada it's just it just happened to be an awesome guitar hmm. i also brought my uh 1955 uh j45 down nice. that thing sounds 
I think it sounds better in Nashville than it does in Ohio. I think it's the atmosphere and the there's more moisture to keep these guitars alive down here. That's yeah, probably drying true. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you gonna probably te- why Gibson moved. Are you gonna teach him how to do double creams down there? Um <laughs> no comment. Starting a pickup war. <laughs> Jeez. No comment. See, DeMarzio, DeMarzio Sue, won Sue's that, first. by the way. They won, they won that five-year-long battle. So wow. they're, they're, trying to, um, they're trying to trademark double cream blade pickups now. Oh, jeez. Wow. They, actually, they actually admitted it. So you're, you're not uh, violating their mark if you put a co- cover over the cream coils. So now you just got to make uh, clear plastic covers. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Next. I, I, I'm, I'm not making those decisions here, at Gibson. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that was right uh, that's good stuff. Well, I, we're really excited for your new job, um, and uh, can't wait to hear more about it as things develop. Jared's got an office and stuff now. Whoo! Can you believe it? That's crazy. Yeah. It's like it makes me think of the Incredibles a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anybody who's seen The Incredibles knows exactly what I'm talking about. I Anybody haven't seen it. Doesn't. No well, I think I saw it, but I still don't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about. Miss, think about how big Mr. Incredible is at his little tiny desk. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt and say one more thing. Okay. I, I did find a house, and I made sure there was like two bedrooms and a bonus room. And all, I'm taking a lot of amps and good stuff down there, by the way. Nice. Yeah. I just want to say that. So I'm going to have some gear down there, and it's going to be awesome. That's cool, man. Well, I'd like yep. to add that I thought Mrs. Incredible was very hot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah. Tony. <laughs> Rob, follow that up. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about again? Yeah. Incredibles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I haven't lost what, what, what's, what's going on in your music world this week? So nothing in my personal music world, I really. I thought you were getting ready for a you big gig. You said you had a big gig. A big, I'm going to get you the one I'm going to pick, and then I got to load it up and change the strings. Then I have to... <laughs> See, whoever's in that chair gets just gets p- picked on. Yeah, I'm gonna move. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I'm in your spot, so that's why. Yeah. Ew! Yeah, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, that was two weeks ago. So that was my music week two weeks ago. Uh huh. You okay. know, um, how did it go? Because no, because the okay. listeners don't know that. Yeah. So we're okay. It was it was a gig. Yeah. Une- uneventful. Yeah, Didn't you play any Lover Boy? Did you or play anything? your George Lynn no signature Loverboy. model guitar? No. Oh. no, no. Any nope. Joe Bonamassa? No, John. No, no. Nope. <laughs> okay. No, nope. so John Bonamosa. John, John Bonamosa. Yeah, it's a new signature model. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, no hic- no hiccups. You did. You got all your gear out there. It was yep. good to get back into the thing. I'm, you know, yeah. giving you things to work with here. Well, I was going to say what what's going on this week. This is this is good. And, okay. Uh, and I know some people uh, are going through this right now. I'm not the only one. Um, tubes. Tubes mm. are becoming a bit of a scarcity right now. Mm. Oh. You just mentioned that. I'm going to slide right in. Go ahead, for, slide in. I got a message from one of our listeners who has suggested a 101 and I and it's right up that alley. And I, and a, I can't wait on, to do it. On purchasing tubes? Well, no, just, just sort of a... A 101 on like, so where 
where is the tube world going? What do we, you know, well, all that stuff. So we don't have to, we don't have to crack that egg right well, yet and get a yolk all over the place. Here's a little glimpse. Currently, it's not looking fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh. There's only a few factories left in the world. Um, I can't pronounce the one in China, Shaoshang. Shuang. Shuang. There we go. Um, that factory burnt down. What was it? Almost two years ago now. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, say yes. I'd say two years. Yeah. Yeah, almost. So, two anyways, years. Yeah. and supposedly they were going to rebuild. There's no update on when, if it's going to happen. Right. So that was a huge part of production that was shut down. And now JJ is experiencing production uh, delays and issues. Um, and a lot uh, of distributors in the U.S. are limiting quantities, um, are already out of certain things. Mm. So I that's what I spent today doing for three hours is going through all my tubes in stock and estimating what I'd need to to survive the next six months if everything goes and you like you like the jj's right um i i stock a bunch of different things it depends on what the application is because you know i'm doing a lot of repair so in this amp yeah. it likes yeah. this anyways so yeah so it's a lot of new sensor stuff which is tongue soul and eh and soft tech and all that and then jj's as well um so yeah so i spent three hours counting through inventory checking everything estimates for what i need six months placing huge orders that i didn't want to spend money on right now but have you considered fixing tubes? Yeah, uh, no, that does not cross my mind. No. <laughs> Tube repair. No. Come that, on. That, although, I mean, we'll see where we're at in six months here. You know? <laughs> yeah, you might have to. So uh, it's yeah. It, well, in, in the pedal world, um, the, there's been quite a few issues mm-hmm. with with parts too. I remember Wooly from Champion Lucky had to post something. He's like, "Hey, everybody." Um, I'm woefully missing parts and I'm trying to get your orders out. You can do. That's, so that's, be patient with your builders, everybody. Yeah, I don't know if people realize that, but you just because something's made in the U.S. or made in U.K. or whatever, all those little, all the resistors, capacitors, the enclosure, the pots, the switches, all that stuff, almost all of it is made in Asia. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff's sitting on docks, you know, just waiting because it's not marked medical or, right. you know, something priority. So, yeah. Mm. Or when you're watching Instagram uh, for whatever reason and you like, sometimes I'll get on the feed and it's like, it's all like the Russian car crashes or like all the container ships that are falling over into the <laughs> yeah. ocean. I don't know how yeah. I, they're like, I, based on your recent watches, you should see this. I'm like, this is terrible. Why, why, why am I getting this? Wow. <laughs> and there goes like, you know, somebody's entire pedal flipping yeah. business it's transformers and speakers too it's crazy mm-hmm. everything it, it's a problem yeah remarkable hmm. well what about you todd what about I, you todd I, mean, I just feel like the wind got sucked out of this room yeah sorry about so that. speaking wah, of tubes wah. everybody and resistors and transformers and all that good stuff diodes electrodes not talking about the cathodes overload right (laughs) generator oscillator make a circle with me i like i I love a nice toroidal that's transformer you can see a doctor about that i love them okay um so i what i did was (laughs) what i did was uh i i got some settings on my hx stomp that doesn't have any tubes or anything. So, um, <laughs> what? I, That's a well, great segue. I had family staying over, and I'm like, I want to keep playing. I got to work on new music and stuff. And so I set up a, um, a new preset so that, you know, I tried to dial it in as close as I could to the new sound that I'm trying to work with with our band. It's not radically different, but there are some... There's some differences. And so it was really fun just kind of going like, oh, no, it needs to be like this. And 
So I got that set up and uh, then pff, ended up playing for like an hour. And, and I was like, this is, nobody's heard a thing. And I actually worked out a couple issues with a couple songs I was doing. So nice. It was, yeah, it was really cool. And um, so I, I shared that out on Instagram. And that's that was uh, what I what I did among yeah. uh, doing a lot of uh, fezzy stuff. Trying to we we got uh, our last six fezzes to mm-hmm. our uh, fez pedals to our patrons. Congratulations! Yes, yeah, so we did a That's we awesome. did a drawing to see who, who would get those. And so, and how many six, total did you send out? I will have to do uh, uh, three hundred eighty-four. <laughs> Todd's been busy. Wow. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think six? it was about. I I, I want to say it was about twenty-four. Five or twenty-seven, uh-huh. something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, all yeah. hand assembled yeah, and I all mean. that business. And yeah. anyhow, um, so that's what's going on with that. So those are on their way to um, our fine supporters, our executive producers, and I'm really thrilled about that. So, okay. Hey, Todd. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Hey, on that brand spanking new Ferrari Red HX Stomp pedal that you've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you wire that into your the rest of your board? Oh, man. I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, I use the same thing I use on all my other pedals. What's that? Tour Gear Designs patch. No pedals. way. Oh. It's true. It's true. Jared's secret recipe? It is. That's right. They, why, Jared? Because they have a very, very small part where it's behind the thing where you stick it in the hole yeah okay yes, that's, that's that's a that's a t-shirt right there that you need to wear the next nam <laughs> no seriously no Th- those jacks have a they're very small they fit anywhere on the pedal yeah. so you specifically, know specifically specifically the, the the top part that you get to that, that sticks exactly. out of the pedal that would be like the jack well, if you have a mini problem is no in. problem oh the jack is in the jack is in the plug is out yep. well the plug you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, it's these, really small. Yeah, they're perfect for top mounted. They're perfect for top mounted pedals. They're super flat, and they come in a, a variety. Some of, say as flat as a crepe. Some, not many. They are. actually one. Um, so go over to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash the guitar knobs, and uh, you're going to get your discount on that. Okay. And you're not. You're not going to just want one. No. You're going to want many, many, and they come in a bunch of different sizes. Or several. And different different connecting shapes and different things That's like right. that. You're going to love this stuff. Yep. Good stuff. So thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Thank you. Jared. How about a little bit of this? One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right. Charles, Silk Tone Amps. Give us your yeah. four on the floor. Four on the floor. I've been thinking about it all week as I've been down here, and I, I kind of have it figured out. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about it on on the air too. So sure. I can't, I can't do my own stuff that I've built, right? Correct. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and, well, not good, but unless you're, uh, unless, you're doctor, <laughs> unless you're Doctor Z, thank God, <laughs> Doctor Z got away with it. Got a pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I challenge anybody to stop Doctor Z from talking. <laughs> yeah. Four of us couldn't do it. Uh, so I, I would definitely need a fuzz, and if I can't do my own, it, I, I've narrowed it down to two. But I, I, oh, I'm having such a hard time deciding. It would either be if I want, you know. I guess I'd have to go the the new Benson Germanium fuzz, the the thermal controlled one, just because 
that why, looks why, nice. why not? Very like cool. it, it's so good. Um, but that was a, it, the close runner up was a fuzz factory, uh, the Zvex fuzz Z-Vex. factory, yep. just cause I've had one for so long. I know all the ins and outs and I really like to tweak knobs. So that's one thing you can't really do with, with, uh, my other one, but overall I, I think I'd go with the Benson. Um, and then behind that, I, I definitely need a muff. So can I do the JHS muffaletta? Does that count? Cause it's, like yeah. six of them in one yeah then i'll definitely it, go it is a pedal right yeah and so muffaletta for sure just for all my my big muff needs well can, okay. can we and, go back to the benson and and uh talk a little bit about that holy macro man we turned that corner a long yeah. time ago but let's do it <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm kind of curious because you said something about a thermo control Oh yeah, no. He he came out with an awesome fuzz pedal. So he thermal controls it. So it's it just takes the transistors and it regulates it with heat. So like germanium fuzzes have always had the problem of you know too in cold, a different too hot, it's different. Yeah, yeah, and it's just crazy. And uh, he yeah he implemented a really good way to get rid of that, and he just thermal controls it. So it's it's good all the time. Um, with okay. Thermonium. Yeah. With thermonium? Yeah, with yeah. thermonium. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the ins and outs of it. But <laughs> no, that's cool. That would be, cool. For, him. I, I, be I, for him to talk about. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that, that's kind of a neat concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got your uh, your muffaletto. Yeah. Yeah, the muffaletto for sure. Um, I'd probably just stay on the big muff pie most of the time, but you know, it's there if you need it. It's there if I need it. Yeah. Why not do the the muffaletto? Right. And then definitely a deluxe memory man. Mm-hmm. Um, the EHX Deluxe Memory Man. It, yeah, that's my favorite delay. I'm always using delay, and and that one I can get so many weird noises out of it when I want it. Um, now, do you like the uh, the the vintage style or uh, vintage pedal or one of the reissues? I like the vintage style. Yeah, I've had it for I've had one for you know 15 years or so, uh, 15 20 years, and. Yeah, again, all the ins and outs I know already, and it sounds so good. Um, I, I'm not in love with the vibrato on it, but again, it's there if you want it or need it. And then that, it kind of covers, it has an okay boost too, you know, if you turn the delay all the way down mm-hmm. and just boost it, that kind of covers that ground too. Do you have this so on, a, on a, like a pedal board or just kind of, a, you know, on the floor-ish? No, I have it on a board. Um, I often will pull it up and play with the knobs, you know, so it's higher up. Yeah. Um, H- how do you how do you manage the the power supply on that? Uh, I use the what is it a Voodoo Labs? I forget which one. The because um, I mean, are we talking about the vintage one with so. the direct out? You mean the hard AC? Yeah. Oh no, not that. It's not that vintage. Mine is like late nineties, early two thousands. So it, it uses like the 24 volt supply or something. But even if I had, I mean, I would love to take a vintage one. I just don't have it. Um, but even that one on that voodoo labs, it does have the, the AC, uh, out 24. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, it has the full, the full full 120 line. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I forget the name of the little Voodoo Labs power supply, but but yeah, it has the twelve volt output supplies, and I just I parallel them up or put them in series or whatever for the twenty four volts. Well, gotcha. you can get creative too. I mean, if you've got a if you've got a, a like a wedge style board or something like that, or I mean, maybe just any other kind of board, you could run a little splitter off mm-hmm. of your actual power thing and just tuck it all underneath. 
Yeah, I mean, it's four on the floor pedals, right? We did talk about, I can run as many little, you know, octopus <laughs> yeah. cables yeah. as I want, right? So. Cables. <laughs> yeah, just just don't wire it directly to an outlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one uh, was a really tough choice, but I think I have this pedal that I really like. It's an old, it's a vintage Ross dp trombo it's a distortion phaser what oh yeah yeah i'm not familiar with that tony oh, it's a little tony purple yeah it's a little purple metal box and right. it has the it's like the coolest phaser i've ever heard it sounds so good and the distortion too it's like uh just really raw heavy distortion it's way different than the boosts and fuzzes that i have so running those two together is awesome it is a little noisy it is it's an older one with you know, the full AC line. So yep. that one does introduce a lot of noise. I, I thought about modding it and, you know, putting more filtering in, but I don't want, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it with anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, uh, that, that is the old one with the, with the hardwired AC, right? Yeah. So I do, I plug that one into the, the back of the pedal power. Right. Um, It'd be interesting to hear what that sounds like compared to the newer one that they did, uh, the white one, which is essentially, the same thing it's just yeah. a newer one yeah it's really cool they started doing the reproductions i saw that I was like oh my god yeah it's such a good pedal um the i've never heard a new one hmm. yeah um Ooh, those are pricey holy moly yeah well uh -huh. and in the yeah they're 300 bucks anyways 300 bucks yeah is that the new ones yeah no, no the old the, ones the the oh wow yeah yeah um, the, I see a new one on a newer one. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not a brand new one. Um, a couple hundred bucks to see when, when that was, uh, released. I mean, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know when the, the white ones were re-released, I guess. Um, but anyways, uh, it'd be interesting to see here how they might be different or not different. Uh, those ones are still pretty old. I feel like probably like early nineties, maybe late eighties. I have no idea, Todd. Hmm. I should find out more. The about original ones? No, the originals? The, the, no, I think the, the white, white ones. The white reissues. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I thought those were way later. I thought those were more recent. Yes. Uh, I'm Aren't just they looking doing at one that now? looks older. Yeah, they, they oh, did oh, re-release oh. uh, re several, um, uh, several ones that were... Uh, actually, they've got black ones, too. Um, but those are hardwired as well. So I don't know what's going on. I There's all kinds of them on here. I'd be willing to bet somebody bought the Ross name and the rights yeah. and then just kind of yeah. made a new company. It's probably. entirely possible. I think I thought I read that it was his son, but I'm oh. not sure. I don't I I thought I read that, but that's an interesting I, I, mix I of, of effects for one pedal now I think about it, distortion and phaser. The black and the white and the purple are all hardwired. Oh so, wow. uh I don't know. It, I I can't tell if they've done a new new one, um, new 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 one. But I suppose if you get any of those, they probably sound awesome. But the the, so, the purple ones are like late seventies models. Yeah, yeah late seventies. Right. I can't find them online, but I I they're on Instagram though. Hmm. The the new guys. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Ross hmm. had some just really crazy good stuff. I mean, they're they're uh, compressors. We're mm, good. Yes, they're, they're known for you. Uh, I mean, that was that was the big pedal. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had a whole line of things that you know came out late seventies, early eighties. Mm. Fantastic. Well, that certainly sparked our interest, didn't it, everybody? 
nod along and say, yes, it did, Todd. Yes, <laughs> it did, Todd. Yes, it did. Yes. All right. Uh, well, thank you for that, and thank you to Jared for our delicious little intro. We love it when he does that on the fly. It's always exciting and terrifying. Um, <laughs> we need to talk to Charles about uh, Silk Tone Amps. Um, I think he's heard of them before, and he is, from what we can tell, he, he knows a few things about it. Um, They're new, right? They, they, yeah, yeah. So, um, are they hardwired? They definitely <laughs> hardwired. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, Charles and I had had a, co- a conversation before the show, not today, but later, and we really enjoyed talking with each other. At least I'm saying that for both of us. He might have hated the experience altogether, <laughs> uh, but I certainly enjoyed it, and I thought he'd be a great guest on the show. And uh, he's got a new amp out. Uh, the Silk Tone, and he's going to tell you all about that uh, here in a second. But I think, first of all, we'd like to uh, we'd like to hear... Well, first of all, tell us the thing that you have out right now. And then we're going to get into like how you wound up doing this. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the Silk Tone amp is our, is our main focus right now. That's the amp I had been working on yeah, for years. And just... Uh, it is a single-ended KT66-based uh, tube amp. It's 12 watts. It has, you know, treble mid-bass tone controls with a, a bypass switch to bypass the tone stack for a huge gain boost and a really nice reverb from, you know, what I've been told. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, we're going to learn get all of the details about that you're going to share a bunch of that out i just wanted to make sure that everybody kind of had an idea of what you were doing there um what's the output on that 12 watts awesome and it's a 12 inch combo and you run that in a selection of of um alnico and ceramic yeah yeah we designed our own speaker for it um it we tried a lot of off the shelf stuff, you know, a lot of different selections and everything else available. And there were some good ones, but I I like to find a really good speaker first when I'm designing an amp and then trying to voice around it. So I have to do as little filtering as possible. Mm. And I, I didn't quite find one that was perfect. So, um, I called up WGS uh, warehouse and, designed one with them and, awesome. and they, they made it for me and it's, Oh, it's incredible. I can't, it's my favorite one. So it worked out really well. That's cool. We've had them on a few times. Um, and if you want to, if anybody, uh, wants to learn a little bit more about guitar speakers, we've got two one Oh ones directly from warehouse guitar speakers. So check those out. Nice. So how let's do, let's, let's do a little rewind here. Tony, can I get a rewind sound? <laughs> Thank you. That, yeah. Just sounds like you hit your head on the that? way back from the bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so how... Tony He's is in rare form. Uh, Charles, how did you arrive here at... Well, now I've made an app. Let's start... Get, go, go to the Wayback Machine. Get... get let us into how you got into music gear. Well, yeah, music gear. um, I always played around with, uh, you know, guitar and stuff. My cousins were in bands all the time. I was never in a band growing up, but um, I was always around musicians and I always loved 
music and I kind of, you know, I was an introvert when I was younger and I just kind of played in my bedroom and, uh, I was way more into tone and, and tweaking knobs and stuff than I was music theory and, and writing big songs. So, um, I, when I started doing that, I got more and more into the gear and then, Honestly, what got me way more into it was uh, when I got into like hi-fi, like stereo, like tube stereo amps is what got me into tubes. And uh, that kind of set off some sparks and, and just sent me flying down a path. Um, I heard like a really high-end stereo system for the first time and it was coming out of a tube amp. And I was like, what, what the hell is it? Why are these light bulbs making music? Mm-hmm. Um, I was I probably 18 and um when i learned how expensive they were when i decided i had to have them uh i you know i almost fell on the floor it, it was like a two hundred thousand dollar stereo system or something so i was like whoa i can't do that so i'm gonna look into it and i from then on just kind of really became obsessed with tubes and what was going on and i wanted to have them around and then that's when i got into tube guitar amps and got a an AC 30 was my first amp and I just fell in love with that thing. And, uh, I started tweaking those and kind of learning how to build my own, uh, because I couldn't afford to buy the crazy expensive stereo amps. (laughs) So, uh, the first thing I built was a a tubed preamp to put in front of my receiver and because that was a little simpler. And then it went on to power amps, phono stages and stuff like that. And I didn't build my You're talking about hi-fi equipment. Hi-fi. Yeah. Yeah, That was all hi-fi. And, um, I started, that's how I learned about, you know, parts and how parts can make a difference and sound good or not. And, um, as I got better and better at that, it started to get really boring because they really, the way I started looking at it was while well, I'm only building these to do one thing, you know, like they're supposed to reproduce music accurately. So guitar design, guitar amp design was way more interesting to me because I found many parts over the years that sounded really good, but not natural, like really colored and, and like mid heavy and stuff like that. And I started thinking like these would be great in like a guitar amp application, but not in this stereo. So I had this like just like huge Rolodex of, of different parts I was interested in. And I started tweaking uh, circuits and stuff like that and landed on some really cool amp designs and just trying to squeeze the last bit of uh, quality out of it existing designs like old fender stuff and stuff like that that it started making a big difference and then as i learned more about that i started doing my own circuits and my own you know tweaking here and there and i finally decided to do my own amplifier uh when i found the the kt66 tube and you know kind of realized there's not really a lot of these around anymore they they were huge in the sixties in, in the UK, but they kind of went under, um, when where, did, the where did you find that? So I, I knew about it with, with stereo amps, uh, like well before I'd always had them on, on stereo monoblocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they sounded great, but I didn't hear one in a guitar amp af- application until I heard, um, it was, a 
it wasn't a vintage one, but it was a, a reissue of a vintage replica uh, JTM 45. And it had KT66s in it. And I was blown away. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the sound I'm looking for. I was actually already working on a circuit of my own at that point. But when I found the KT66 and implemented it into my circuit, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, this is what needs to go out there. So real quick, um, we're going to we're going to tap our um, resident uh, amp expert here when Tony. So, yeah, <laughs> actually, it's me. It's me. Six Sur- L6 in it. Surprise. It's me. <laughs> um, no, the KT 66. So that's the the fat, the fat one. That's how that. So like, I'm just Coke, Coke bottle ish. Yeah, it's it's uh, sort of pear shaped. And fat. Did I mention it was fat? I think you did. <laughs> yeah, interesting oh, thing. It, it sounds fat too. The KT sixty six is the designator for a beam tetrode vacuum tube introduced by Marconi Osram Valve Co. Limited of Britain in nineteen thirty seven. Wow. Okay. Rob, Todd, tell us. So the KT sixty six. You've touched on this before, as you've been on the show. Um, is this what what uh, uh, probably not the kt66 that one is is just not very prevalent as as he's mentioned in in guitar amps it's a rare beast in fact when you read that off it reminded me that it's not a pentode i just so yeah it's it's yeah. A, it's not a very common uh kinkless tetrode yeah that's pretty cool that's then that's going to be a, a pretty drastic departure from most other tube amps or you know you're going to hear from 6v6s 6l6s all that right and characteristically how i don't know i honestly can't speak to that and okay <laughs> i don't so, have enough experience with that one well this is going to be super interesting we'll, we'll, we'll so have to, we'll have to ask our special guest to compare let's that ask to. our special yeah. guest yeah. that's what i was trying so, to get to but you were too busy talking oh sorry go ahead charles rob so the kt66 is yeah, not so prevalent anymore. Um, and then it, they tried to bring it back, I think, in the 90s, and only the factory in China was making them and not very well. So there was a lot of failures, and it, it just it wasn't uh, it didn't go over well. But now the quality is up there with the rest of them because it is becoming more popular in, in hi-fi again, uh, so you can get them for a guitar. And um, while a lot of people haven't heard of it, uh, like everyone has heard it. it, it was a huge amp in the sixties. Like all of the famous like tone legends th- supposedly used amps with KT sixty sixes. The the JTM forty five, like the Marshall mm-hmm. Bluesbreaker amp, is the big one. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows the Bluesbreaker tone, you can't get it without a KT sixty six. And people, a lot of people don't know that. You know, I know so many people that want they're chasing the woman tone or something, and they're doing it on these you know, 6v6 fender amps or something. Now, um, oh, let me interrupt you real quick. So talking about JTM 45, um, uh, now some of the reissues have got 6L6s in it. So to, if you were to use that amp to compare like the KT66 to a 6L6, tonality, output, how would you right. kind of describe the two? So they, the 6L6, I think, is a is a fine all-arounder you know i i'm not in love with it it the really good vintage ones sound good but as far as new production tubes go i i'm not in love with any of them um so looking at the 6l6 as a baseline just mm-hmm. middle of the road all-around tube the kt66 i think has a way sweeter top end like closer to a 6v6 
um, just really airy, sweet top end. And it has a way bigger low end. It can it can mm. pump out lows and just fatter tones mm. effortlessly. Um, so you have to account for that. Like in my wiring, I, I in the filtering, I let more lows through because it can handle them. Um, and so it really quick, really quick. You know, we we just compared. We just said KT sixty six six L six six V six. Just a a brief sort of tonal guide here uh 6l6 rob what are we going to find those in that's your classic uh think blackface fender sound okay wider people typically think uh scooped out in the mids but it's really that the the 6l6 is as a wider frequency response okay and the 6v6 uh, narrower, um, as, as he mentioned, less high end, um, but it's lacking the lows as well because it's a very narrow tube. Uh-huh. And lower output. And lower output, of course, yeah, which is less mm-hmm. headroom comparatively if you're... So earlier breakup. Yeah. yeah. In, in theory. And, and I'm interested, you know, uh, the KT66 probably has a, a drastically different um, uh, distortion character to it, right? <laughs> that's what I was... Yeah, that's the one I was saving for last there. So, uh, yeah, while you did... It's so hard in the, in the tone world to, you know, sometimes you want more of something and when you get more of it, it kills the rest, you it's know, all give and take. Yep. It's all give and take, but that seemingly with the KT 66, I was like, Whoa, it's more of everything. And it's still all amazing. So, um, on top of all that, as far as the, the frequency spectrum goes, the overdrive is just, you can't touch it. It's, it has such a harmonic, crazy overdrive. It, I don't, I don't know how or why, but it just saturates way differently, um, probably because of the extended low end. Um, and you just get these huge fat overdrive tones that the other tubes, I don't think, approach. It's probably the, the Tetro design, too, because the pencil yeah. by nature will you know, cancel out a lot of that distortion. So. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> and then in the, in the silk tone amp specifically, I'm using it in a, in single ended mode. So mm-hmm. in single ended mode versus push pull, uh, most push pull designs, like, you know, any amp over, over eight Watts in the last 60 years is typically push pull and, uh, what, what push pull describe that for the so, listeners. So two basically two tubes splitting the AC signal. It allows it to be more efficient with less power. You get more, uh, like AC output, like more wattage. Um, so like a single six L six, for instance, is rated for, I think like 35 Watts. You don't get that in single ended mode. You'll get like a third of that, uh, maybe 10 Watts or so, but in push pull mode together, um, you can basically like quadruple that and get 40 Watts out of it. Um, but, and, and that's done by split, you know, one tube handles the positive and one tube handles the negative. Uh, and in push pull mode, it cancels all the, or a lot of the second harmonic. It cancels the even order harmonics a lot. It's just inherent in the design. So you get more third harmonic distortion out of it. So it changes the overdrive tone a lot. Interesting. Uh, in a single-ended amp, like uh, the most prevalent one or familiar one would be the Champ, uh, the the Fender Champ, which is a six v six, like five watt output. The drive is so much different, and that's because you you still get that second order distortion, and that's the one that's 
the most pleasing to the ear. That's the really harmonic, just, you know, second octave. Interesting. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to make a characterization here and feel free to trot upon me for doing so. Um, not not just you. I'm looking at these two clowns here. And, <laughs> We're and, waiting and to Jared. pass. Yeah. Um, uh, ahead, so Tom. my point was it, running a single tube, okay, in, in theory here, running the single tube, you might be getting a, the tr- a truer tone from that circuit because you're not shaving off you're not pushing and pulling and you're not mixing give or take mm. it's all depends on what you're trying to get depends what you how you look at it i guess a truer so tone i mean i was right on if yes. you want to get uh <laughs> you know into theory here i guess if you're if you're looking for what you're used to the most common distortion tones are probably the push pull stuff just because way more amps do that mm-hmm. but yeah the truer tone of the actual tube that's what if you want distortion if you want all of the harmonic content i think would be single i like single ended stuff way more just because it's way richer and i like it a lot at the like lower volumes i find that a lot of push pull amps you have to kind of you know kind of push to get to open up and sound real good but mm-hmm. the single-ended stuff i find sounds really good kind of anywhere awesome well that's i just learned a ton of stuff right here i yeah i haven't i haven't talked so technical about it in a while it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna get way more technical man Good. Uh, yeah, well, about, I mean, how about in terms of compression with with the KT sixty six versus like a six L six or EL thirty four? Um, I think that comes down more to the transformer. the The actual tubes, I don't. They they can handle most of the range. Um, I guess it compresses more because it does because you have those bigger harmonics that don't cancel out. It okay. it will kind of saturate a little quicker. All right, so you get probably a little more power section uh, distortion when you push it. Oh yeah, that's what. So that's what this one, the Silk Tone amp, is all about. I, I, there's no master volume or anything because I was afraid people would turn it down. You know, uh, I find that a lot of people when they have a master volume, they don't. They're afraid to keep anything dimed, mm-hmm. and. Um, master volumes get a lot of flack because of that where really if you just crank it it's like it's not there um but well it, if it's designed well um so the silk tone app yeah when you start to push it or if you it, it's really easy if you put it in the raw silk mode because it has a lot of preamp gain but mm. if you start to push it you get that that huge power tube distortion and uh yeah, it's it's incredible. So most, I'll mention that most preamp tubes, the you know triodes, those are all single ended. So the way that a twelve AH seven overdrives with its full harmonic content, that's why a lot of people like you know preamp gain because it's it sounds a lot sweeter and thicker. Um, now you're just doing it on a way bigger power scale. So. Mm, okay, kind of like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Jared woke up. <laughs> Morning, Jared. He's, he's, he's like, like finally <laughs> someone didn't attack me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, uh, that was a delightful display of uh, technical narration oh. that helped us understand. I mean, I'm I'm 
selfishly like really interested in in hearing what these things why they're so different yeah well no. let's talk about the preamp now let's do that yeah should i ask you <laughs> yeah ask me a question i guess let's talk about the preamp <laughs> let's talk about the preamp what, what's, uh, what's the uh influence or what you're going the, after because three band eq and the yeah you know, the, the raw mode and all that if you don't mind i just want to share my own personal experience with this that can set up that what that's what i'm looking forward to. to i want to hear about your guys experiences okay okay it was great to get the amp uh, we've had several amp manufacturers on and talking about their amps and everything and uh, it is difficult to ship an amp and you know it's not like a lot of the small builders have stacks of amps laying around to just go oh right. sure you know here are one of 20 people that are going to be demoing and all that business. <laughs> so we've never uh, we've never expected to get to get amps so when this showed up i was really excited mm. um pulled it out and uh it was you know it's a it's a really nice looking amp it's that's a beautiful a, amp it, it really is and uh so that's a that's a check that's a bonus check. right there and um i when i plugged it in i know that you know he's you have on this amp you have a mode that's called chiffon and one called raw silk which i think is very clever uh the chiffon mode engages an eq stack yeah and that is a a low middle high or bass mid treble Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say there tmb tmb and um so with that you can really sculpt the tone that you want as i was turning it up i was like wow i'm this is this is cool because i can play at a at a lower volume but i'm still getting the sound and then I kept uh, pushing it a little bit, and I think I was, I was probably maybe, um, just shy of half half the way up, and I was like, okay, and I say, oh, I'm gonna see what the raw silk does, and I flipped it down, and it was like, <laughs> holy crap! Uh, yeah. It was like the whole thing just like came alive in my hands, uh, and and that was exciting because I wasn't expecting it. Number one, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's sort of the uh, the. Uh, a McFly mm-hmm. thing where you know he stands in front of the app and you hit that and you're like whoa right now what I will say is that oftentimes when you do that with an amp you hear tones that just just make your ears ache like there yeah. are certain frequencies that like really just do hurt my ears um, and it's not as pleasant it's like it's big but it's not pleasant and this was big and and pleasant i i found it to be kind of like jared mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like jared yeah Aww. yeah Aww. and um so there i am down in my basement and fortunately the rest of the family was gone because i was just i was just playing my heart out and at, at this awesome volume and it's the the tone was great and i felt it i, I felt it given back to me and i and i did like that uh, quite a bit um and i was uh that was I don't even think I was running anything, any of my pedals out of it. And then I plugged it into my board and I did all that business. But and that ruined it. <laughs> no, I did put the Fez. I tell you what, that Fez sounds amazing through it. I'm just yeah. saying. The Fez is a good pedal. Yeah. Well, can I, let me talk about my experience. Yes, share your experience. Um, so I felt. Oh, sorry. Time's up, Tony. We got to head on <laughs> oh, over to Jared's house. <laughs> Go ahead. I felt like the amp was fighting me with the tone stack in the chiffon mode uh up till about nine on the volume Hmm. 
Um, oh, okay. Like and not I, wanting to give it back it to you. It just, I mean, it was I holding felt back. It was holding back. I, I, I kind of experienced a little bit of that, and that's okay. why I dumped into raw silk mode because I wanted, to, I wanted the the rock power. I mean. Now, now the raw silk mode, definitely. I mean, that was. I mean, that's a. I mean, it's an incredible sound at that setting. Now the question is. Is that something that you know a typical player can use in a live situation without well, you, any kind of you know I could. tonal control? I could. You could. I absolutely. I well, I, I as soon as I got my pedals going, I was like, "Yep, I I could kill this sound. I think this would be fantastic yeah. live." I think the the uh, the tone stack. One thing I noticed in some of the demos, so demos in the dark did yeah, a demo and one. Ron Kilo did one. Yep, and they mm-hmm. actually did a lot of like I don't want to say you could say jazzy stuff or like like maybe not raucous stuff when they were in the chiffon mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that was intentional on your part, Charles, but that's the experience that I had. And I think maybe Tony had a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, and, and I, what I found, I tried it with like four different guitars and I, I felt that the one that sounded best with it was a P90 guitar. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, and the P90 seemed to react a little bit better with the amp. Um, humbuckers got a little muddy, I, I would say. Single coils almost were and this just is too, light, the, too light of a chiffon? touch. In the chiffon? In the chiffon mode. Yeah. Now, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, raw silk mode, almost in, anything through it sounded pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, but but I found that the the P90s were were a real nice matchup with the amp. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I did a uh, my Hagstrom Viking, which has the humbuckers, and then the Les Paul Special, which has the P90s, and I did quite enjoy the P90s through that. Yeah, nice. You got an LP right. special? What? The uh... <laughs> so do you have an LP special? Well, it's not the OG. It's <laughs> no, it's, it's a double cut. Yeah, yeah. you've seen that. I played yeah. it. I did. I I used a lot of different oh, pickups yeah. designing the thing. I I have a casino with P90s, one of the Japanese ones, and that one, you know, I played a lot. And then I voiced it with, you know, a Strat and a Les Paul mm-hmm. um, with humbuckers and stuff. I've I've gotten a lot of different feedback on that. A lot of people. I'm always, you know, interested to hear which mode people prefer because a lot of people stay in chiffon and they're like, oh, I would never use the raw silk. It's too much drive. It's it, you know, no. But they love the the versatility of the chiffon mode. Now I did voice it, uh, darker. Like if you have the knobs at noon, yeah, you get a little more of a fat jazzy tone. So Mm -hmm. it can be a little muddy on humbuckers or something. But what I hope you did was played with the treble knob. And I know with a lot of other amps, people are really afraid to turn that treble knob up, but with this one, because of the range I was going for, you can really crank that treble and, it it opens right up like it the mud goes away you one of my favorite settings is to you know turn the treble to three o'clock or so maybe a little past three o'clock and uh and then cut the mids to get that big you know the classic 60s scooped tone um and i find it really lively in that mode but if you hang around noon yeah it is voiced a little darker than than most other amps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think, um, and maybe that was my reaction because I'm not used to being able to pretty much dime the amp. 
Right. Uh, you know, and it, yeah, because few it's a, people are. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, everyone shies away from it. So many people I see play with it, and they don't turn anything. And they're like, "Yeah, it sounds okay." I'm like, "Well, mess with it." You know, I find that yeah. I have to, I'll have to show people. So I've kind of given some disclaimers, like, "No, no, you can turn the treble all the way up, and it'll sound great. It won't hurt your ears." You know, that would be um, a great hang tag on it. I mean, honestly, I'm not even right, joking. Like, yeah. go for it, dime it. Go let for it, it dime it, it. Yeah, and same with the volume. Like, I, I do find that it, it. It, it was hard to choose pots because, you know, that's not something I thought I would have a hard time with. But the different available pots have such a different, uh, like, logarithmic range. And um, I liked the turn of the CTS pots that I ended up using. Like, I liked the feel of them a lot. And um, But I did find that you do have to get it a little past noon for it to really wake up um, as far as the when you want that extra drive on it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... It, it has a lot of dynamic range within that amp. Like just, it's almost like a couple of amps in one amp in, 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 to a certain degree, depending on where your settings are, what kind of, um, what kind of volume you're at. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see that. And I was, I was actually surprised because when I, when I did see those demos, usually those guys are playing stuff that, that's got a little bit more, bite to it and they both like right out of the gate were in the chiffon mode and i think really enjoying it and it mm-hmm. sounded fantastic especially with a bunch of delay and reverb all over i mean it's it's, it's quite nice yeah I, well, I think especially miked oh it's, yeah that in oh, the yeah. studio setting is much more control even in a live setting it's much more controlled i yeah. guess or or maybe a, a flat eq kind of thing well, if, that's, you, that's, if you will that's where right. the raw comes in man and that's what i was trying yeah you mentioned before being able to use it in a live setting or something and my idea behind the raw silk mode which bypasses the tone stack entirely was i wanted to capture the the tone of of whatever pedals you're using so by bypassing the amp eq entirely you can yeah use your board to to dial in any other tones of the pedals you want. Or like if you have um, one thing that I hadn't really thought of, but uh, Ryan from Demos in the Dark kind of pointed out to me was it, it really shines with like an amp in the box kind of thing. Like if you have mm-hmm. any of those pedals that are trying to reproduce the old amps or a great preamp pedal in front yeah, of Yeah. Or a great preamp pedal. You can just throw, throw it into raw silk mode, turn the volume back a bit. Cause even though there's a lot of drive in that mode, you can really turn the volume back and it, it cleans up super well. Um, and you just get whatever EQ that you set on your board. That is one of the things that I appreciated because while I still got the drive, you know, with the volume up, um, depending on how hard dynamics, yeah, depending on how hard you're picking, is like it was really responsive, and that's yeah. Those are the two things that I was most excited about when when we started talking about the amp when I found out about you. Um, number one, that it wasn't a Fender, it wasn't a Vox, it wasn't a Marshall, right? And number two, well, because I was going to be able to get like potentially a I don't want to say a completely neutral sound because that's that's that doesn't have any character but it wasn't a, a no matter what I do this is going to sound like a vendor it's no matter what just right. a clone exactly that's exactly yeah, I got you um so those two things and then the dynamic because the kind of music that that I play that's when I get the most excited when I can like and that's when you get excited about the raw you switch that yeah, and you're uh, like whoa yep yeah yeah I got that um and one of my favorite guitars ever is Billy Zoom from X. And 
one of the reasons that I like his playing is because of his dynamic. He's like, he he's not, he's just riding the amp, right? But he's he, you know, depending on how hard he's playing, you can, he's got full on overdrive distortion, or he's backed off and he's got bite. And that's yeah. one of the things that I like to do in my band is like I, I want the, I want the bite available, and I also want like give me a power chord with all its fury. Right, I, I do that often. My my playing style is super dynamic. I'll yeah, I'll pick really quietly, and then I'll I'll hit it way harder than I should. And uh, one of the one of the things that brings out dynamics in an amplifier is the the noise floor. So if you don't have a lot of noise in the background you can really hear those, those subtle, quiet notes. And it lets the loud notes come through just explosively. You know, um, a lot of care was taken in the, in the low noise design of the amp because it's a single ended design. They're inherently way noisier because they don't cancel harmonics like a push pull design does. So, uh, I already knew, um, you know, hum and hiss might be an, an issue. So I, I took a lot of, care in the layout of the design just the turret board layout and the wire routing and then also the grounding was a big one most amp makers they ground everything through the chassis i'm sure there's some that don't but most of them ground everything through the chassis any return path and the signal like the input jack output jack um every ground path for the filter caps and stuff like that they just go to the closest chassis spot they can and it creates a lot of issues that people don't often address. But what I did is I isolated every single jack. The only the the chassis only acts as a shield. It's only it's only connected to the ground in one spot. And I use a big copper bus bar and star everything to its appropriate stage. And it, it really helped reduce the the hum naturally. Like I didn't do any over filtering on it. Like it's filtered like basically with vintage values like like uh, really low value power filter caps. Hmm. Jer- or Rob, what? <laughs> I'm pointing at Jared. Jared, you're <laughs> Jared. not here. Jared. Jared, this is spooky, Jared. <laughs> I'm Mac here. Though. I'm here. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was good. That made I, me. I was. I was kind of curious about uh, uh, the adding reverb into the into the amplifier. Yeah. Um. Was that something that you felt had to be on there, or you thought it would be just a nice add-in? I added it because I I wanted it. I really liked it. Um, I tried it without reverb, and it was really good. And then, um, what? So basically, I kept the reverb in after I tried a, a one like a one tube reverb at first, and it was just really subtle, and yeah. I didn't really like it. So I I just went with a full blown reverb, which is heavily heavily based on the old Fender designs. Um, but I use my own values. It lets more bass through, and I use a a different reverb tank than most people do to get that. Uh, people have told me it sounds more like a plate reverb than a spring reverb. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say. I mean, it's it's a yeah. it's definitely a unique sounding reverb. And the one thing I noticed is when you have it in, you know, let's just say you put it on at you know at twelve o'clock. Um, on both the was it dwell yeah. dwell and dwell, mix yeah dwell and mix that was really um, cool it 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 really adds a little something to the the flavor of the amp yeah 
as a, you yeah. know, a little bit even, you know, maybe a little more clipping, a little more, I don't know how to exactly to describe it, but it's, it's different than a reverb that, you know, you would typically have like on a Fender or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of control with it. The, um, so I hate to keep getting over technical with it, but like, no, yeah, the, ahead, dwell, the, the dwell control is basically like the pre for the reverb. So it dictates how much signal hits the springs. So how much verb you ultimately want to see on the springs, how much the springs will vibrate when they're slapped with, with a signal. And then the mix is how much of that spring tone you want back in mixed in with the dry signal. So there's a lot of flexibility there. Um, but typically on a on a fender or something with the one knob reverb, um, dwell would be dimed all the time. You wouldn't be able to turn it down unless you had like a standalone unit or something. Um, but it's kind of the same reason I don't like a one knob phaser pedal. Right. It just gets it's too much. You, you turn it up a little bit and it just boom. There it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed having both those uh, knobs to to uh, mix the sound and and get different tones out of that. It was really cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I like to leave the dwell kind of like at noon or a little lower, and then I like to boost the mix knob a lot, and you get a really washy tone, but it's not. It doesn't overdo it, you know. And and, and that's and a real like, tank, right? That's you, not digital. Oh no, that's a real tank. Yeah, it's yeah. a we use a three spring tank, so it's a it's a really heavy, dense reverb tone. And uh, you were right. You mentioned the um, you know it getting a little more drive or something when you introduce it too, because it does interact with the the dry signal to where when the uh, when the mix knob is turned up, it you get a little more gain overall. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, that's definitely something I noticed. Mm. And I have, yeah. you know, not too long ago, I picked up a, a Dr. Z um, reverb head, tube oh, reverb cool. head. And, you know, it's got the same kind of controls because I've always loved the, you know, the Fender tube reverb heads. Mm-hmm. And, again, they have the, you know, the dwell and the mix yeah. and, and a tone control on it. And it's so it's, I mean, even more so on, on, on the amp that you sent us. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you get a little kind of, uh, it's it's a little bit different. Like I said, it's it's a different sounding reverb to what my ear normally would hear. Right. All right. Um, Tanya's chomping at the bit here. Ah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you got a question? Yeah, I was just kind of curious. I, I know that you've done the single ended KT sixty six. Have you considered doing you know something with a with a double KT sixty six with a kind of push pull mode? Uh, yeah, the push pull or parallel seam blended. I haven't decided yet. I'm Ooh. still playing with circuits because um, I know a lot of people want yeah just a little extra uh, wattage and power out of it. So um, I absolutely am going to do one. I'm just not sure. Uh, probably both eventually, but the next one will probably be a push pull uh, double KT sixty six. Um, but the the timeline on that hopefully by the end of the year but cool. probably ne- probably next year nice that's very cool and so that would probably be more wattage and more all the yeah more. i have some really cool ideas for it as far as like a really unique master volume because i i would love to do like a 35 watt amp or something but um still be able to get that power because i really love the power tube drive out of the kt66 mm-hmm. so being able to get it at a lower volume where you can play it in a studio or you know a small venue without blowing everyone's head off um mm-hmm. that would be cool so I'm, I'm i'm working on some stuff cool 
Excellent. Well, we can't wait to hear more about this. I have one question for Rob right now, which is... Uh-oh. All right, Rob. After, after everybody hears this, they're going to be like, well, I want a KT-66 on my amp. And, every, you know, we talked about tube rolling in the past and, you know, hey, if you put this one in, what happens? And if you put, if you meant all this stuff, right, that can all be detrimental to your amp and, or can be awesome. Advise right now, doctor. Don't do it on your own. Take it to your local tech. They, they will know your amp design and what has to be changed, what has to be tweaked, bias or cathode resistor, whatever, to make it work if it's possible. And they'll advise you if it's going to get you where you want to go okay. or if you're just better off to say buy a self-tone amp instead. There you go. Um, now I it, like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, you do. You're, you're, I'll, I'll give you my address for the check later. <laughs> right, right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Like say I'm, I'm the guy who's going to like, well, I'm going to try, I, w- I want to do that. And is that something that is read? Like, can anybody just no. just plug that? That's what I didn't no. think. No, right? in, in, <laughs> mo- in, mo- in most circuits, no, no. You can go down. Like, typically, I, I if it's designed for a KT sixty six, it will usually handle an EL thirty. Well, it might not be wired right for that, exactly. but a six L six, no problem. Six L six, no problem. Six V six, no problem. Um, you can't because go up though. It pulls, yeah, they pull less heater current and all that, but you can't go up because it pulls so much more heater current. Is is pin five wired hot in a KT sixty six? Pin five is. I'm sorry, five or six? Six. Sorry, six. Six is no. I use that it's as a used. as a. Okay. That's a dead cool. pin. Yeah. Cool, cool. But and pin one is also dead. It's internally connected, connected to. Ground. Uh, yeah. Connected to ground, yeah. yeah cool. Tony, yeah, that, th- that th- pin, those are the, the pin five comment was pretty rookie. I don't know if we should keep him on the show. <laughs> pin five, pin six, <laughs> whatever it takes. I was like five, six, yeah. I, I, I'm, I have, in my head, I'm trying to remember what pins go to. I think pin five is the screen or, or the grid. I don't that, that's the grid. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The grid. But yeah, that's why I asked that question because, I, you know, I, again, I'm not well enough versed in the KT66 and, and some of these right. tubes, yeah, certain pins are wired hot or not versus others. And, and I get that, you know, at least a couple times a month, somebody calls, you know, says, hey, I ran on a form, I could put this oddball tube in my amp. And I was like, well, you could if they didn't use that unused pin. Right, exactly. That's on the yeah. silk tone amp. I, I did want to be able to switch uh, different tubes so it oh, can great. again it can it can handle a 6v6 it'll just reduce it to five or six watts no problem so uh, and the 6v6 is actually biased like the sweet spot is it shares it with the kt66 so that's a really good match i was gonna say pause and back up on that so so in your silk tone amp you can throw in a 6v6 no problem for a different sound absolutely you it would drop it to five or six watts and you get that 6v6 character um could so very, very champy. You'd have a lot more headroom than usual because it is, you know, the transformer is really beefy for a 6v6. Um, so, yeah, you could get more clean headroom out of it. It can also handle 6L6, no problem. Not a perfect bias, but it, it's really close. It sounds really good. And it can do a, an EL34 um, in the Excellent. new if – you, if, basically, if you bought one after today. Before the original Transformers <laughs> couldn't, couldn't quite do it. Uh, Todd, break it out of the box. We're going to plug in an EL34 and see what happens. Awesome. Oh, that's, an early, that's an early one. That one might not be able to do it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but it is weird for it. It, it. it would handle it no problem because, yeah, I grounded pin one on it. So uh, you would just have a grounded, you mm-hmm. know, grounded uh, 
third, second grade or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Second or third grade. That's what I'd go right. with. <laughs> yeah. uh, so look, in, in summary, we have something where Rob, who has seen thousands of amplifiers. Millions. Like 12. Yes. <laughs> uh, 12,000 amps. Uh, who really hasn't had a whole lot of experience 12. with the KT-66. And because that is at the heart of this amp, you're looking at something a little different. Extremely unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I'd like to emphasize again that like the, the blues breaker stuff, Hendrix used them. He had his, you know, he used the Marshalls with KT-66s. Um, I read somewhere that Stevie Ray Vaughan installed them in his fenders and stuff. Not to name drop all these tone gods and everything, but I, Angus Young and uh, Tony Iommi and all them. It's all the early stuff. It's, you know, all the early Marshall stuff is KT-66s. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this has been mighty educational and fun. Yes. And maybe not necessarily in that order. <laughs> um, we really appreciate you sharing all this with us, Charles, and for making an, uh, an amp that uh, maybe a lot of people haven't really heard the characteristics of out there, including myself and, and Tony and Rob. So thank you for that. Yeah, right on. Uh, Silk Tone Amps, everybody. And um, speaking of that, of everybody, Jared? Ladies and gentlemen, we have come (laughs) to the fun part of the show (laughs) that we're all looking forward to every podcast. Not all. Let's head on down to Nashville, Tennessee and play a little game. (laughs) He's not going to know what to do. Now he threw him off his thing. You know he can't go off script. Would you? Okay. It's too perfect. Okay, Tony, stop. Stop. Jared, you have the floor, my friend. Let's start over. (laughs) Let's head on down to Nashville and play a little game of Would You Rather? All right. Well done. This week's Would You Rather is from our good old buddy patron, Bruce Bacon. Mm. I had some bacon on a sandwich right before the show. I believe it. Well, we all get on a ride at Cedar Point. Ah, and it was just, that's, that's and a it very was, specific place. What's a Cedar well, yeah, Point? Let's, let's explain it to our <laughs> guest. We may Cedar know what that Point, is. Cedar Point is one of the the world's premier roller coaster parks in That's Sandusky, true. Ohio. That is true. And w- us five people here that are on this podcast right now, we go to Cedar Point, we get on an old ride. We see a ride that says Disaster Transport. Uh-oh. Hmm. And we get on that ride... And while we're on the ride, it gets struck by lightning, and we get zapped in time. What? It's a roller coaster time machine? <laughs> it is. It zaps us back to 1971. Ah, uh, yes. 71. That's a great year. Roller coaster stops, and Keith's studio is on your right. Keith Richards? And Jimmy Page's studio is on the left. Oh, and, my gosh. And this is what year? About 1971. So this 71. is a Sticky Fingers album and Zep 4. 
Zep 4. Yep. Oh, wow. Those are monster albums. Exactly. Okay. So, so what's the question? All the gear, all the gear from those albums uh, are in each room. Which room are you going to going to go in and help yourself? Now, now, will the will the time machine allow us to bring back that gear? No, <laughs> no, it will not. Okay, you only have uh, a certain amount of time to go in and so play the gear. W- just really briefly, I mean, we we don't have to go extensively into this, but in Keith in Keith's room, in Keith's room, there'd be a ton. It's kind of kinda everything. Yeah, you tell me, all custom, the custom Dan Armstrong plexi guitars, Gibson Deluxe, maybe uh, yeah, all the goods. custom not Les Gibson Paul, Deluxe, sorry, Les Paul custom, custom Les Paul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he yeah, he had a lot of stuff. And I think Pagey would have had probably the double neck. Yep. Yep. Uh, as well as probably some late. Couple 50, of 59s. 59s. Yeah. 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 Including his number one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's a great question, Bruce Bacon. Tanya Balonsky, what are you doing? Well, I think I'm going to go to the right and go into Keith's room because I just, I mean, there's just such a variety of stuff there. Plus, you know, I would probably get an instant contact buzz from just touching the guitar. Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. In either room. Either well. <laughs> I think I think Pagey was a little more serious about stuff, but yeah, I think I think he stood a better chance just from touching the strings on one of yeah. Keith's guitars. Aside from that, so, but I, I think I just like the variety of the instruments, and you know, at, I mean, that was, I mean, yeah, he had a, he had dozens of guitars, yeah, that uh, that, that I think would be uh, very uh, very very fun to play, interesting, and amps to play through, yeah. So I'm going with Keith. All right, uh, let's see, let's go to let's go to Charles. Uh, I'd probably go Page. Uh, Zeppelin Four. Um, yeah, he has his fifty nines. The number one had the the Peter Green thing, right? It had the mod with the phase switch. So that's I love that tone, overdriven. Um, so I I'd, I'd probably go right to that guitar, and I'm pretty sure he had you know fuzzes, fuzz faces, or tone benders. So I do that, and. Uh, What's the delay he's famous for on on that album? The, it's the the big tape unit, right? Yeah, it's uh, the echo? one made in Echoplex. The, the Echo, yeah, Echoplex. the Echo Echoplex. Yeah, yep. That, yeah, the one made in Ohio. It, you give me those three things into any amps he has, and I'll be happy. So, all right, Rob, gotta go with Keith. Same thing as uh, as Tony said. The the variety and. I'm not alone on on Tony Island this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Five people. You you had a good chance not to be. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> How about you, Jared? Yeah, I'm. This isn't even a. It, it, fair it's for it's him. kind of a. It, it's not. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> just say it. You know. Yeah, Paige is like your guitar idol, it's and okay. he's playing a Gibson, which is your favorite guitar. <laughs> I walk in. I walk in the page. Yeah, I I want to play that stuff. I I want to get my hands on that uh, EDS twelve seventy five, mm-hmm. which is a double neck. Yeah. So yep. That's a very rare guitar. Mm. So well, the model he had anyway. Yeah. So you're gonna be the tie the tiebreaker here, Todd. Yeah. Well, I I really love Keith's playing. I I really do. I am. 
I'm probably more of a fan of the Stones than I am of Zeppelin. But but the opportunity to walk in, grab number one, goose the Marshall, and just go. Because it's anytime you have a guitar that is like iconic. At this point, we don't necessarily have an iconic the guitar from Keith. He's got a, he's got a stable of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this but this yeah. one, I, I like the idea of getting the hands on. It's why, like when we go to the rock and roll museums, like when I see Joe Strummer's guitars, like he, guy only had like two guitars in his entire career, and you're looking at it. It's like that's a rush. That's incredible. You know, that's a different band. It is. Both Rush and and the Clash, um, but but you know what I mean. So when you see when you see the thing that's associated directly associated with a ton of input and influence and everything, it's like you gotta you gotta go for that. That's what I'm going for. Okay. No offense, Keith. We lose Tony. Nah, it's you know all right. I'm used to it. So. All right. Uh, all right, that was a really great. Yeah. Would you rather? Made very you, made you think. Very fun. Yeah. I love the idea of any kind of crazy time machine um <laughs> tony baloney we gotta yes. thank a few people and then we, we gotta do. say goodbye to charles after that that sounds well we don't want to it doesn't sound great to say goodbye <laughs> to charles oh, <laughs> but, yes we do <laughs> yes indeed i can't wait to say goodbye to charles no <laughs> at this point of the show todd we like to thank us very special group of people these are our executive producers. That's right. And you might be wondering what an executive producer is, and more importantly, how can I, as a listener, become an executive producer? Yeah. Quite simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a patron, a sponsor of this very podcast. There's a great bevy of thank you gifts, including things like oh, T-shirts and barefoot buttons and stickers and pics and oh, keychains. Did you say keychains? Yes, you did. Keychains. We've got those. People got them. There's all kinds of stuff in there. But as an executive producer, you get all that great stuff. And there's one more thing, Jared. What would that be? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. The thing being this podcast. So I wanted to say a very special thanks to these executive producers. Tom Brazen. Whoa. That was a good one. That was. Martin Cliff. John Daly. Chris Kearney. Darren Gregory. Doug Christ. Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers. Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Bill Gola Guitars, Richard Kendall, Ty Harmon, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Rando, Douglas King, Gary Cooper, Lumberjack Components. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. Mark Garten, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, and Trevor Gunberg. Thank you, executive producers. 
Gundberg. Gundberg? Gundberg. He even said you got it right the first time. Now you mess it up. Nice one, Tony. What did I say? Gundberg? <laughs> yes. I'm speaking German yes, right that now. that is German. Sorry. Gundberg is not. Gundberg is not. But wait, Todd. Yes. You interrupted me. I'm so sorry. Because there's an extra special group of executive producers. We call them our Grand Poobas. Mm. And I wanted to let you know that this week, Todd. Yes. I'm talking specifically to you. I'm listening. We have a new Grand Pooba. It is so exciting. I love getting that news. So these Grand Poobas, they live on the penthouse suite. Yes. They wear fezes while they listen to the podcast. They have individual hot tubs yeah. in which they soak themselves <laughs> while listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And they all the room, LED lights are orange in those, And by they the way. have room service that delivers them very specific cocktails. Yes. While listening to the podcast. Get on with it, Tony. <laughs> so welcome aboard, Mel Sanders. Right on. Welcome to the group Yay! of Grand Poobas. How about Johnny Morales? Also a newbie. Yes. John Williams. Yay! LSJ Music Company. James Pennington. Tyler Rines. Tim Nowak. Steve Keys. Adam Johnson. Tommy Manasco. Sean S. 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 Cody Fasta. Science of sound. Yeah. David Kaminga. <laughs> Corey Nigro. And Jonathan Jerusik. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I would like to mention that of those, there are several builders in there. I mean, yes. Jonathan Drusick is building. Tim yes. Nowak is building. Yes. So Jonathan Drusick, 12th Hour Devices, Tim Novak. Tim, that's me. Tim, Tim, <laughs> Tim Novak. <laughs> Tim, Tim Novak, yes. Yeah, Bardic Devices. You yes. got a music shop in there. And uh, I mean, that's just awesome. Thank you guys so very much. We could not do this without you. Truly. All right. We need to find out where people can get a hold of all of us clowns. Uh, Charles, tell people where they can find your gear. Uh, you can find it at silktone.org or or contact me on Instagram or go visit one of my, you know, many dealers that I've been growing the dealer base of from California to New York now. So that'll be outstanding. Yay. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Tony? Head over to pickguardian.com. Check out what I've got. Some things you can order directly online. By and large, what I do is custom work. So just uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will take very good care of you. Try and... to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't call him. Call Rob. Do, do you do custom pick guards, Tony? Uh, I do do custom pick guards. <laughs> awesome. Only if you call. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jared, about yourself. You really can't get a hold of me anymore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that really is true. That, that is yeah. true. You uh, actually, you can say go to Gibson.com. Yeah, just <laughs> look at their products it, because they're awesome. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me about the podcast, anything about the podcast, just go to the uh, go to the Guitar Instagram Knobs page. podcast, yep. Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, that's right. That's the jokes. All right, and uh, j- uh, that's Rob I did it again. There. I'm looking over and I'm this Jared's awesome. not there. I'm sad, <laughs> but I'm happy that Rob's there at least. Uh, Rob. Yeah, no offense taken, Todd. I None. see. None given. <laughs> um, Mad Cow Amplification um, on Instagram. 
and uh, also have Facebook and send me an uh, email at info at madcowamplification.com if you have something that's broke or something you want modded or uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And, and if, if you it don't want to respond, don't fix it. Right. No, you no. can still send hey, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you don't want a response at all, call him. Yeah. yeah. I had one more thing to say. I had one more thing to say about uh, Gibson as well. They did open the new Gibson garage if you're down around Nashville. Go to it. It's an experience you've never experienced before cool. when it comes to Gibson. So go to Gibson Garage. Is that it's at the uh, Cummins Station building on 10th Avenue. All right. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. Right. You're going to have to post pictures of that on your uh, Instagrams there. You're going to have to make a new Instagram, actually. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com or DM me on Instagram at theguitarnobs. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, we'd love for you to support us if you can. And if you can't, just say hi and give us a shout anyways. It's okay. Uh, all right. We had a great episode. Hope everybody felt like it, too. Charles, we need to say thank you for stopping by and for sending on this uh, awesome silk tone, amp for, silk tone amp for us to try. You're welcome, and thank you. I love talking about it, so that was fun. Cool. Right on. We'd like to wish everybody a happy, a great guitar week. Not a happy guitar. I mean, I mean happy, too, but have a great guitar week. And subscribe! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> it's less Way hot in here. It's less yeah. stinky. Chafe. Tony's had a day. He came in, he came in all lit up. Guardian. Well, anyways, we've just crossed into territory that uh, uh. is meaningless to me mm. um <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was chefe oh yeah uh <laughs> i'm i'm exhausted from tony's <laughs> crazy attitude tonight it's something. for god's sakes pick a room rob chafe ah. you're you're really wound up charles we're gonna stop this uh tomfoolery tomfoolery here i think i think the first time you came in i said rob chaffee yeah, probably. I, I'm pretty I sure I did. did. Tony, Tony is right? really, really on, on one. one. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> I was just going to say we need to do this in your backyard or we're drinking some other drinks. Can we just start from the top? Why? Good old Rob Chafe. Oh. We really should do live video of this. I know we <laughs> should not. I'm all for it. He's just—he's sweating. He's sweaty. He's so—he's so like his face, like right around, mostly around like the mouth under the nose. It's just like that beady, sweaty guy sweat. <laughs> Chafe rubs yep. you wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, anyhow uh, we've got, we got okay. The, that's, that's honestly. Sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the other day that someone, like one of the big guys, Gibson, oh, not Gibson, I guess Fender or Marshall or somebody needs to, was that's, that a toilet? That's Jared. Oh, that's Jared. Oh, that is not me. No, that's not, not me. me. <laughs> sorry. Tony, you are chomping at the bit. You are on one tonight. What is going on? Started over time. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarnobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarnobs. Catch you next time.